you vampires and haters, welcome back to the Kowski cast. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski. And I'm Rachel Stukenborg. And today we're back for another episode of Twifight, the only podcast on the internet that debates the pros and cons of the Twilight Saga. This week we're breaking down chapter 19, Goodbyes, and chapter 20, Impatience, of the first Twilight novel. Let's get to it. So, hey. um, Rachel, it's been like a really long time. Yeah. How long's it been? Three, three, four months? Let's see. Our last episode. Well, so here's the problem. Our last episode of Twilight, chapters 15 and 16, was recorded. Now, this is going to be confusing because we're recording 19 and 20 now. But our last episode of Twilight was released on. I think right, it was November. Uh, November 12th. So it was released on no- November 12th. And then we recorded another episode that hasn't been released. But as of you, whoever's listening to this, will have been released. It's currently. March 3rd when we're recording this. So it's probably going to be a week or two before this one comes out. But the reason for the several month gap is all right, here's the real reason. The real reason is what that is episode of Twilight that I released was our 99th episode of Kowski Cast. And I really wanted to do a Kowski Cast 100 episode special, mm. but I had all these other podcasts that we had already recorded and like a backlog and I wanted to release those. But instead of releasing them, I was like, I have a lot of stuff going on with work and I don't have time to make this Kowski Cast 100th episode because I really want to release that first. So the Kowski Cast 100th episode was released on January 19th because I basically needed a whole lot of time over November and December with work being really crazy. And then I was like doing hardcore training for my ultra marathon. Mm -hmm. And then, well, then there was like the holidays. So you know how it is. You just get busy. It just be like that sometimes. And the 100th episode, well worth the wait. That thing was amazing. If you haven't listened to it already, go listen to it. It's all the highlights of the past 100 episodes. But it took a really long time to make because we basically recorded, you know, 99 episodes of the podcast and then I had to go back through and try to find funny moments. Mm -hmm. Now I'm being much better about it. And while I listen to the episodes when I'm editing them, I have a note that I like write down timestamps of funny things so that (laughs) when I do the 200th episode special, I can just already have those. Or I think what I'm going to do in the future is do like a best of 2021, best of 2022, that kind of thing. So it won't necessarily be 100 episodes. But Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you might be saying, well, Mary, January 12th was still over a month ago. Why have the, or January 19th was still over a month ago. Why have we not heard the next episode of Twilight that you've had in the can? And the reason is that Riverdale came back on the (laughs) 22nd or 21st of January. And so I had to like really quickly put out a preview show and then the subsequent six episodes that have already come out, or maybe seven by the time you're hearing this. So that's the reason behind the Kowski cast and Twifight Yatas or hiatus. It's also kind of hilarious because we left off on the single most action-packed chapter of this book so far, which is when the tracker, the tracker, James picked up Bellicent and now is on the hunt. 
And that's the most action we've gotten out of this entire book. And then we decided to wait for four months <laughs> to yeah. just let the build build, you know, just let it build. And and I wish that I had released that episode because then at least everybody else could be like, oh, <laughs> let the build build. But no, they haven't heard. I mean, they will have heard it now, but it was just released. So, <laughs> wait, so what did we leave them on? What happened in 15 and 16? I don't know. Not much, I, I think. Let me see. I wrote, uh, don't forget to breathe during this episode of Twilight, the Twilight or twi- the Twilight podcast, because we are going to the Cullen's house. Oh, it was when she went to the Cullen's house. Oh, okay. And that was so that interesting. Was okay. That was interesting. Informative, but it was not action-packed. So if you're coming back yeah. <laughs> after that, welcome back. Thanks for sticking welcome around. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Actually, the reason that I was like called up Rachel and said, hey, we really got to get back to this is because I received multiple messages within the last couple weeks being like, hey, what happened to Twi-Fi? I really missed that. So guess what? This now has the great uh, status of being the only podcast on the Kowski Cast Network that people have actually asked to return. Yes. They missed us. They missed us. Oh, I love being missed. I miss you guys too. Me too. So this is fun. And I've missed Rachel. Yeah. And for the internet as a whole who's saying, Mary, this doesn't sound like the story you've been telling everyone. I've been blaming Rachel because I'm like, Rachel's not really on the internet. (laughs) So I've been blaming her and saying that she was too busy with grad school, which by the way was true initially. It was true until mid-December when I graduated. (laughs) Yeah. But like the last month and a half, it's all been me. It's okay. This is, yeah, it's you okay. You were super it's busy. Fine. You were pulling like 15-hour work days at one point, so. Yeah, most of, like the second half of, de- of November and then all of December, I was working really, really ridiculous hours. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, I needed a break from that. Needed to just, just cleanse. Buy our excuses. <laughs> Basically. These two chapters that we've got today, chapters 19 and 20, they're... This is like the plot plot of the book. Like, it's when the actual... I mean, it's not action-packed, but like, because of the action of the last couple episodes, we now have a climactic situation going on, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say if like this whole thing, this whole next few episodes or next few chapters are like the climax, or is this still rising action? I don't know, because it was nothing, nothing, nothing. Thing, yeah. and then boom, plot. That's what I was so. going to say. I think it's technically defined as rising action, but it's weird because this was not a build over the course of the book. This was a build over the course of the, the last two chapters. Right. So it's like... It's almost two separate stories, and they're kind of related, but here we get some actual plot, I guess. Yeah. So, Rachel, do you want to set the scene here for chapter 19, goodbyes of what's been happening? Sure. So, I kind of had to remind myself what was going on, because I did not remember. It might be shocking to some of you to learn, this book is not very memorable to me, so I had to kind of go back (laughs) and remind myself what was going on. But basically... They were playing baseball at the big game. These three vampires, kind of nomad type vampires showed up and one of them caught Bella's scent. I guess some wind blew in her hair, kind of weird, and it smacked him in the face. And then he was like, oh, I want to eat that one. So a weird, like almost fight happens. And then Bella and the Cullens run away from the baseball field. And like the three nomad type vampires kind of run away, but they're plotting. What's happening right now? Bella realizes she needs to run away from Forks because this killing machine is after her. So she's going to run away. But first thing first, she wants to make sure Charlie is safe. So 
Alice, Emmett, and Edward accompany her to Charlie's house, where she's going to do something that basically is going to give Charlie a reason not to follow her, and it's going to let the tracker know she's not going to be there, and he shouldn't hurt Charlie. Yeah, they're they're getting getting out of Dodge and want to make sure that they got to keep everyone at Fork safe regardless, because Edward's original plan was like, oh, me and Bella, we're just going to leave town. And Bella was like, no, he's going to kill Charlie. Because he's going to come looking at my house. Right. Or maybe my friends at school. He's going to just murder the whole town in order to make me feel guilty or something. And so she was like, new plan. I go tell Charlie a story to leave. Mm -hmm. And then I'll leave. Alice and Jasper can come with me and you guys can stay here and hunt the vampire. So that's like the new plan that we're rolling with at the end of chapter 18. Right. And so the beginning of this chapter, they pull up to Charlie's house and they're all in Emmett's Jeep still. And Edward, because of his abilities to hear people's thoughts, knows that the bad vampire James is not in the area. And so it's clear for Bella to go into the house. Right. And I was also, am I missing something? Because they were playing this baseball game in broad daylight, right? And no, then she gets we there. talked about this oh, last time. It wasn't yeah, broad we daylight? Had a bi- now, I know it's been like three months, but we had a big debate about this because, okay, so here's here's the situation for those who don't remember. This is the same day that Bella went to the Cullen's house for the first time. Yes. Like, here's the timeline for people who may not remember. Bella and Edward go hiking. Remember when she saw him in the sunlight? <laughs> Wait. Literally two days ago. Oh, like, okay. That I was on Saturday. That was the same day. Okay. No, that was on Saturday. Still not that long ago. They go hiking and decide that. Let me verify this. I'm like 99% sure this is the case. Okay, hold on. It's Mind Over Matter and the one where they're in the... Edward in the sunlight was shocking. Edward in the sunlight was shocking. Yes. Okay. Chapter 13. They go to the meadow. Edward in the sunlight was shocking. This is when they he decides officially that he's not going to kill her and that they're in love. Lion and the lamb and all that Mm, stuff. Yes. The next chapter. He stays over. Chapter 14, Mind Never Matter. He stays overnight at her house. They do a kiss. They do a kiss. And then the next morning they wake up and he's like, hey, do you want to go to my family's house? They head over there. It's approximately, I don't know, 11 a.m. or so. Like, it's not super early. They go over there. He plays the piano for her. He eats a tear from her eye. And then we talk <laughs> no. to we talk to Carlisle Cullen and we figure all of that out. Then... Alice comes in and like, hey, tonight it's going to be all stormy, so we should go play baseball, okay? Then Bella goes home, and I'm not reading this thoroughly, but I'm like 99% sure it's dinner time, and she goes home and has dinner with Charlie and is like, hey, I'm going to go play baseball tonight. It's now Sunday, because they went okay. to the on Saturday. And he's like, okay, and I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure they say the time that Edward comes over, like, it's like 6 or 7 p.m. when okay. he comes to pick her up. Hold on. Oh, and before this, I forgot this part. Before this happens, this is all also, there's like a little part where on Sunday, Charlie's out fishing and this is when Jacob and Billy Black come and like give, <laughs> drop off the fish fry and all that. Okay. And when it's almost plot, but not. No, wait, this is when Billy like tells her to stop doing what she's doing. Okay. So that's this day too. Yes. And, and so that's, that's this same day. And then she's like, dad, I'm dating Edward Cullen. When's he coming over? He'll be here in a few minutes. Okay. I'll go pull it out of the freezer. So she's making dinner for him mm-hmm. and he's going to be there in a few minutes. It's like seven o'clock. Okay. So they go to play baseball at like seven o'clock. Now we establish that it's like twilight, March or April. Okay. So it's like, put it this way. It's March right now. And at seven o'clock, it would be dark. So 
I don't know what kind of situation we're having, but it's not like the movie, unless the time is just super different there. It's going to be dark, okay? Okay, that's it's, what I was going to say. Maybe I'm it's just dark picturing they're playing the movie, because they're definitely playing baseball on broad daylight in the movie. Yeah. So now it's been, like, at least a couple hours, so it's probably at least, like, 10 p.m. at this point. Okay. I'm reading too much into it. No. Okay. I mean, it was a good recap for us all to remember, but just so everyone's clear, for the last six chapters, or the last, like, five chapters, it's been the same day. Yes. Okay. Okay. And Charlie is a cop, so he goes to bed early because he starts his shifts at like 7. But okay, he waited up for her. It's weird that he's awake at 10 p.m. <laughs> for a second, when I was reading this scene too, Edward like senses that James isn't there and he's like, don't worry, he's not here. And I was like, how does he know? How, like, does he have these spidey senses now? And I, I literally forgot since we last read this book that he can read people's minds who are like in the general vicinity. So he knew he wasn't there because he couldn't read his mind. Emmett and Al are there and they're encouraging her and she's upset about like what she has to do and then they quote unquote slither off into the darkness yeah which we both commented on here that sounds so creepy i don't like it like why yeah. are they what are they slithering i literally picture them falling on the floor and slithering away like a snake yeah i don't i don't like the implication slithering implies like wiggling or like a body yeah. movement and I, they usually describe the Cullens and vampires in general to be more like cat-like. So I could have understood if they said like, and then they stalked off into the mm. darkness or darted out into the darkness or anything other than slithered. Yeah, not a good word. Also, what's their job here again? So they're supposed to be like watching the outside of the house for James okay. while Bella and Edward go inside. They also have to like get the car out of there as well. Like they have to pretend to be Edward driving away, I think. I mean, okay. that's part of it. The G- so. I don't know. It's gotcha. confusing. Yeah. I guess it's not important. Edward walks her to the door. They have like a, a fierce kiss. And then she's like, don't listen to anything I'm about to say. And she like pushes him away and slams the door and yells like, go away, Edward. I hate you. Mm-hmm. She rushes in. She sees Charlie. Charlie's like, what happened? She's like, leave me alone. And then she runs up the stairs, slams the door. And of course, Charlie is like, what the heck is going on? And she's doing all this acting. We don't really know what her game plan is yet, but she gets a duffel bag. Edward materializes in her room. They're packing her bag super fast while she's like communicating with Charlie and acting through the door because she locked her door. Also, when she's packing her bag, she says, I reached swiftly between the mattress and box spring to grab the knotted old sock that contained my cash hoard. Uh, I know you're in high school, but come on, man. Put that in a bank. I mean, I do think there's a difference between, like, having emergency cash. Like, what if she doesn't know if she's going to be able to, like, stop at, like, an ATM or whatever? True. I mean, this is 2005. Like, yeah, credit cards are a thing, but they don't have, like, Apple Pay or, like, uh, easy card readers. Like, it might take a long time. That's a I don't good know. point. Can she put it somewhere else in a knotted old sock between her mattress and box spring, though? Ideally. I mean, that would be lumpy, right? That would, like, you'd feel that when you'd sleep. Then your money smells weird. Yeah. I don't know why it's not just, like, like, I have a couple... A little bit of spare cash that I use for like toll money or like occasionally I'll go places where they only accept cash and uh but I just like keep it in my wallet yeah like why yeah. why can't she just put it in her wallet I don't know <laughs> I don't know anyway anyway yeah I thought that was that was uh not great yeah but she's not getting any interest from this situation no compounding interest at all I don't know why she thinks she needs money like do, is it I, I know she's trying to be self-sufficient but doesn't she realize by now like the Cullens are loaded oh yeah that's a good point yeah, this detail yeah. just feels unnecessary, a little gross. Probably a little bit gross. Been 
Re- rethinked, re- rethunk. Yeah. So she's going to hit Charlie with this like really painful s- goodbye, basically, where she's like, I need to get out of Forks. I broke up with Edward because I don't want to put down any more roots here and get like attached to anything in this stupid, boring, small town. I don't want to end up like mom. And then she she says like, just let me go, Charlie, which I think it's weird that she calls him Charlie there. But also like, ha- why does she know her mom's last words to her dad? Because I'm pretty sure her mom left with her when she was like two years old or younger. Right. So unless she's asked her mom or her dad, like, hey, what were mom's last words to you? Like, that's such a weird thing. Right. I mean, even if even if they ask, like, how did you guys separate and like knew the story of her leaving? I doubt either one of them in the story would be like, and then I said, just let me go, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't think they would have told that? her the emotional bits because obviously each one still wants her to have a relationship with both parents. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird to me that she knows that as well but she hits him with it nonetheless just let me go charlie and then poor poor charlie he's like he's trying to get her to stay and he's all like firm and fierce like you need to tell me what's going on and then she hits him with that and then he just like collapses and he can only whisper and i'm it's just this poor man he needs a win it's really sad it is really sad and it it, like couldn't she have done something else (laughs) well i was thinking about that because i was like okay i know this is the book and i'm not trying to nitpick what it's not, basically. But, like, imagine that this wasn't the situation she was in. Imagine her parents lived together or her dad's, like, more or less happy or they didn't have this big traumatic parting that she could right. use here. Like, what could she use? What could you use? I mean, she is 18. No, she's 17. She's right. 17. So she's not an adult yet. And, I mean, it seems like she has a relatively good relationship with her father since her mom is her primary... I was gonna say chaperone. What do you call it? Primary... Caretaker? Uh, no, like... Uh, what's, it, what's it called when you you have like own- ownership of the kids ownership. whatever wait custody oh. because her her yeah. mom has like primary custody her dad might unless they transferred that when she moved in with him i i can imagine that her dad maybe is the type of person who was like would just let her go if she put up too much of a fight or something right but i guess i'm just wondering like for me in this situation coming from a family where we all just like live together there would be pretty much nothing i could do even i mean because she didn't even have a fight with her parents it's not like she had a fight with charlie right but I, I don't think I could just be like, bye, mom and dad, I'm leaving. I mean, I ne- I didn't have my own car, so I would have to like have stolen their car or gotten a ride from someone else. But if I just left and didn't really give a good reason, like you have to come up with something. But if mm-hmm. I, even if my reason was like, oh, I went through a breakup or like a kid at school was, I mean, I really don't know what you could say because you can't be like, it's a life or death situation. Someone's coming after me because then there would be like, let's call the police or right. in Charlie's case, I am the police. You can't be <laughs> like, oh, I'm mad at you. I mean, if I said basically anything, they would be like, this is very out of character and wrong. We need to contact the authorities or like put a missing persons thing out there. Like, I don't think that they would just take my word for it and let me go. I mean, can you think of it? Like, then the only other thing I could think of would be that you say something that's not very dramatic and more blase, like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, take the week off. I'm gonna go to Jessica's house. Yeah, to go to someone's house. Well, okay, if you do a lie that's like, or I'm going to Edward's house or anything that's like in town, then he's gonna like get worried and set up a search party like that that's part of this book is that she doesn't want him to like worry that she Mm -hmm. wants him to understand this and you can't say anything that's going to cause him to like yeah like freak out in any way because she doesn't want him coming after the cullens and she also doesn't want him to be a target for james 
So like they need they need James to overhear this conversation and think that she's leaving and to draw him out of town. So she couldn't even say something to Charlie like, oh, I'm just going to go next door. Mm, and then like then he somehow convey to James that like she's actually leaving town. Okay. So it's complicated. And basically it's something that only fits in this book because of the circumstance they're in with right. like her family situation. So I get it. I get it. I'm not trying to nitpick like, oh, this wouldn't work in any other case, but also it kind of wouldn't work in many other cases. It'd be really difficult for sure. Because at least Charlie thinks she's going to her mom. Like she won't just be running off into the night like if Charlie and her mom did live together. Yeah. Now that you say it, I can't think of any other options that would be sufficient to accomplish the goals that they wanted to. Let me think on it though. There's got to be something else than just breaking Charlie's heart. I mean, if this was somehow not a supernatural situation, she could maybe, like, say all this out loud, but then, like, slip him a note that's like, hey, I'm just being followed. I, like, gotta peace out Mm -hmm. because of this danger thing. But, like, they'd still not let her go. Charlie is a cop. And, oh, you're saying if it's not supernatural. If it's not supernatural or if, like, somehow if she was, if he was, like, if he understood about the vampires. But if he understood about the vampires, they'd probably just take him with them. So it's, you know, it's complicated. What needed to happen is Bella just needed to try to get close to Charlie and to tell him that she's dating a vampire and then she could just be like, hey dad, there's a killer vampire chasing me. You need to stay here and I'm gonna skip town. (laughs) Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Problem solved. Problem solved. that's not what happened. So she broke Charlie's heart instead. Charlie's very sad and she runs out the door. She gets in her truck and like speeds away and Edward kind of materializes in the truck because that's what he does. And they start driving away towards the Cullen's house. And then Alice's car appears behind them. I guess it's uh, Emmett's Jeep that she's driving appears behind them. And then Emmett jumps on top of the car and scares Bella because she thinks it's James, but whatever. So they're all on their way to the Cullen's house. Yeah, and this is when we hear a little bit about like what Edward overheard in the tracker's mind when they were all at the baseball field. He's like, this is a game to him. He's just super interested in tracking people. He's never going to stop until he gets you. He's really hell bent on killing you, which means we're probably going to have to kill him. Something that I think is kind of interesting about this is he said like the reason that James decided to track you was because this is an intriguing situation for James. He's a vampire who came across a group of vampires who are trying to protect a human. And he's like, oh, fun. I'll try to like get through these opponents. Whereas if the Cullens had not tried to protect Bella, he might, I mean, he might have tried to kill her, but he wouldn't be like trying to track her and do all this, this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was only because of this particular circumstance. And I think it's interesting that like the main conflict of this book centers more around like the reason it happens is because of Edward's protection and protective instincts rather than Bella being in some way special to the person who's trying to kill her. Okay. They're trying to kill her because Edward's trying to protect her, Mm. not because she's particularly interesting herself. I mean, you could say it's interesting that she's a human who has somehow convinced vampires to hang with her, but it's really the other way around, right? If she, like, she hasn't convinced the vampires to hang with her. Edward has, for some reason, fallen in love with her, and that's why this is happening. And I, I went back and forth thinking, like, is this a good or a bad thing? Because in some ways, you could say this diminishes Bella's character even more, whereas the main plot and the conflict is not even really about her, it's about she's a pawn in this game between Mm. vampires. And so you could say that that's boring, or then that somehow, 
a negative, even more so because people already think that Belle is like a weak character. But here's the positive spin I'm going to give to this. You have so many books and stories that are about this, like, the main character is special. They're the chosen one. They're the, you know, the boy who lived. The or the Right, person. the prophecy. Like, they have some sort of extra power or knowledge or skill beyond anyone else. They're in a very special circumstance. Bella is not special. And yet this interesting story is still happening to her. So I kind of like that because in some ways makes it more real, even though this is a story about vampires. <laughs> and it also shows that like you can be a part of an interesting story without having some... Without being interesting. <laughs> Well, I, I, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like that it doesn't require, you don't need to be special in order to be the center of your own life. Like in order to, to have, you know, I, I think people think of like, oh, I wish I was, you know, I wish I was a superstar. I wish I was famous. I wish I was a wizard. I wish I, whatever these stories or shows or movies are about, like, I wish I was put in, you know, I wish I had this special ability or, and I, you know, got chosen for this or mm. chosen for that or whatever. But with Bella, she's normal. She's a human. She's average in, in a lot of ways. She's the one character who doesn't have powers. Basically. Right. right. So I think this is more a story about like, how do you be the protagonist when you're not the mythical one yourself? Yeah. And I think that's goes back to why these books c became so popular, what we were talking about in the beginning, because it's very easy for the average person to put themselves in the shoes of Bella. And I think people like doing that. They like imagining themselves, you know, as part of a story. And they like relating to characters. Right. And I'm sure I could think of other examples of how this happens. But like looking at my bookshelf here, where I see the other young adult novels that came out around the same time. Harry Potter, boy who discovers he's a wizard. He's special. He gets to brought into this particular part of the world. Percy Jackson discovers that he's a demigod, gets put into this new world. That's very interesting. You know, you've got your, and then you've got your like TV shows. Hannah Montana is mm -hmm. a rock star, you know, Wizards of Waverly Place, wizards, like, <laughs> you know, that's a raven, has a special skill. Mm -hmm. Whatever the case may be, a lot of these things that I was consuming at the time were about a person like, oh, if only I was X, Y, or Z, if I was special. Now, Twilight came out just before the really big boom that we had of dystopian teen mm. stuff, which a lot of times were less so about like a person being particularly special, more so about just living in a different world than the one we have here. Right. Such as, you know, Hunger Games or... Divergent. Divergent or that kind of thing. But in those cases, still, a lot of times it ended up being that the main characters in those discover that they are somehow special or beyond the other people in their own worlds. And with Bella, there is magical stuff in her world that she discovers but she's not the only one. It's not like it's only real to her. It's also real to everyone else. They just don't know about it. But she does not, she doesn't, she doesn't find out like in this chapter, like, oh, it's because I hail from this special thing or because of this prophecy that Edward fell in love with me or anything. <laughs> it's just about herself. It's just mm -hmm. interesting. She just smells so, good. Different thing. Anyway, different kind of book. <laughs> just wanted to talk on that for a little bit. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It is the only book like that in, at least in this era of like really popular 
young adult books is the only one like that. So that is pretty cool. I'll give it credit for that. We learn here, because Bella asks about it, when Edward says that he might need to kill James, we learn how you kill vampires, which is by tearing them into little pieces and then burning those pieces. I guess because otherwise the little pieces would like be put back together. Yeah, do they crawl back together? I don't know. That would be, I don't know if we've ever like seen <laughs> like that. Deadpool? I can't remember. <laughs> is it a Deadpool, Deadpool situation? I oh, I don't want to spoil MCU for you. I was thinking more like uh, droids or something. Oh, do they do that? I have this weird image of like a hand crawling back to someone. What, what is, is this that? image of a hand yeah. that I have? I have that same image. Like, it's what probably is that like from? a spider. Is it The Nightmare Before Christmas? Does that happen? I don't know. I'm picturing like someone getting their hand chopped off and then like crawling back over to them. Why is this an image I is have? Is it Sally? Is it her hand? Her arm, maybe? Sally from The Nightmare that. Before Christmas? Oh. I haven't seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, so it can't be that know. then. But, okay. Well, I mean, Tweet at us. What's the freaking hand that crawls like a spider to like get back to the body? I'm sure this is a thing in like multiple stuff. But yeah, let me know which one we're thinking of here. <laughs> also, I still think it's so dumb that they can't starve. And like, this is the only way they can die. It just, it defies all logic, but it's okay. If they starve by not drinking blood, like it, thinking about it that way, I believe in you learn more about this in Midnight Sun, but I'll, it's not really a spoiler. So I believe basically like the blood that's inside, it gets confusing because like I think the way it works is the blood that's inside vampires. I don't really know the how they're like blood. digestive circum, like how their de- digestive, di- ugh, digestive system works. But I believe like the blood that they drink sort of infuses into their own body and makes them become more strong, which mm-hmm. is why a lot of the vampires who drink human blood are stronger than the Cullens who drink animal blood because it doesn't have as much of their whatever nutrients or something that they're looking for. And I also think the human blood was most similar to the blood that they had, which I guess makes sense. Like if you did a blood transfusion, took all your blood out and put the blood of a deer in there, I don't know if you're going to be working quite right. (laughs) And so I think just over time, much like if you had water, water's not a great example. Like if you had soda that you left out on the counter and it became like less bubbly and carbonated, I kind of picture like that's how the blood that's inside these vampires' bodies works, where it's still mm. there. It's not like you literally lose the blood. I don't think you like digest it and remove it from your body. I think it's more like it just sort of becomes stale and like less strong. So you can but become super, super weak. I think it just stays in your body. Like I think it's the blood that's in your body. Does that make sense? But like if they keep drinking blood for hundreds of years and they don't, yeah. They don't so there poop. must be some kind <laughs> of like digestion. I just don't really know how it works. Or maybe that like maybe it's like it eats away at it or like. Okay. I, I, I don't it really dissolves. know how that works, but either way, I think it's like it's not really about starving. It's just about becoming like super, super weak. Big question. Do vampires poop? You know, that's what I was trying to not like talk about when I kept being <laughs> I around the there. bush. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they if they have bathroom functions. I'm not sure. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, here's the thing. This is going to become more complicated as we go throughout this series <laughs> about vampire bodily functions. And here's the way that I reconcile it with myself. Because I was reading a lot of Twilight fan fiction recently, and there's a lot of things that people write into this fan fiction that's not based on anything in these books. They just sort of pick whatever version that they like. So sometimes... 
the vampires are literally like stone. Like you can poke their skin and it doesn't move. Sometimes it's more like they're just really strong. But like Mm -hmm. if two vampires poked each other's skin, (laughs) then like that would move if that makes sense. Yeah. So like Bella kisses Edward, it feels like a stone. But if two vampires, Rosalie and Emmett kiss, that it feels much more like human to -hmm. them because they're just strong enough to like be compatible with each other's bodies. And there's like a lot more about that, about like exactly how changing our their bodies like do vampires hair grow for example Mm -hmm. you know and in my mind i'm like the way i like to think about it is like yeah their hair grows maybe they don't sweat though but like and they can't cry and they can't sweat but like for whatever reason it makes me feel better if like their hair and fingernails could grow because yeah that just like makes more sense but like i don't know why it would because like the rest of them is not aging (laughs) so i don't know why that would feel like they're supposed to be like super sexy beings right so maybe all the unsexy bodily functions just don't happen and all the sexy ones do. Like, if Bella shaved Edward's head. Yeah. Or if he ran through a fire and burned off his hair, is it growing back? And in my mind, yes, it is. Yeah, I think so. in other people's minds, maybe not. But I don't have any explanation for why, but I feel like, yes. (laughs) And we'll get way more into all of these uncomfortable conversations in the fourth book. Yeah, stick around. We'll get get to it. Anyway, this is, we've talked a lot about, like, a lot of nothing. Bodily functions. So... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, I thought this part was funny when they get to the Cullen's house and it says, Emmett tucked me like a football into his vast chest and ran me through the door. I just love that image, tucking mm-hmm. her like a football. I imagine him like balling her up into a ball and just, yeah. just running. So Laurent or Laurent, depending on your interpretation of the books and or movies is in the Cullen house when they get there and he's not really attacking. They're just talking and he's like, yeah, James and the woman Victoria, they're like a pair and they're super lethal and I'm not going to get involved. I'm just going to peace out and go to Denali to see your friends because I'm intrigued by this life you have, but I'm not going to be part of this fight here. Mm. And right around here is where we have a merry misinterpretation. Yay. They say that Edward glared balefully at at Laurent. And I feel like I've used that word before. Like, I know what bashful is. And for some reason, those words are just similar. So I thought baleful was like a synonym for bashful. Because I feel like I, I've used it like, oh, they looked down balefully, which is not what that means. Like, so you baleful think Edward is like was giving Laurent the eyes. Well, I was like, why is Edward being baleful? I was like thinking that's like a very like sort of bashful, like, oh, I can't, like, I'm glaring at you. But like, I'm in shame for what you've put on my family. I don't know. That's like how I interpreted before. And only this time I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So I Googled the word. I don't know why I didn't know what this word (laughs) meant before. But anyway. That's okay. That's pretty funny, though. I like the idea of Edward just like given Laurent. Is it Laurent or Laurent? What should I go with? I'm going to go with Laurent. No, I can't say it right. I'm going to go with Laurent. Okay. <laughs> I like the idea of Edward just giving Laurent like a little side eye, a little shy side eye. A I shy think side that's eye. a funny image after this yeah. whole conversation. So the Cullen house is going to turn into a sci-fi bunker and metal shutters are going to close over all the doors. I kind of like that and windows. And then there's this like funny moment when Edward's like, hey, Rosalie, I'm going to need you to go swap clothes with Bella. And Rosalie's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. So then Esme goes up and swaps clothes with Bella. Imagine it's your first date with your new boyfriend and their 
mom is like changing clothes with you. That's like a <laughs> weird first date. What is happening? She at straight this up point? like undresses her too. Like she just yeah. carries her up the stairs, throws her in this dark room, like undresses, and then like takes Bella's shirt off, puts her shirt like Esme's shirt back on Bella. Like Bella doesn't really have to do much, but just yeah, just imagine. Your yeah, new sure it happens mom. fast. It's just weird, but okay. I guess you know circumstances call for it, but still odd. I you might say she's a little baleful in that moment. <laughs> I might say that. No one Nancy else would might say she's I a little might, baleful. Though. Uh-huh. So then it's time to go. We've got some people splitting up here. Edward, Emmett, and Carlisle, they're the hunting party. They take the Jeep and head out. James follows them. Esme and Rosalie are the distraction party. I don't know. They take Bella's truck and then the woman follows them. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm James and Victoria, I'm like, okay, not everybody has left the house. Yeah, so count. One, two, three, four, five, five. There is this other piece of info that I'll I'll say this in general. These two chapters that we're talking about here today are pretty different in Midnight Sun. I mean, a lot of it's because you're getting it from Edward's perspective and he leaves and does something different. But all of the stuff that happens to, like, there's a lot of stuff that happens with Bella that's different. What am I trying to say? There's a lot of stuff that happens in Midnight Sun that, like, slots into this, but that they don't mention. And so one of those things, for example, is that they take a really big sports equipment bag, like a hockey bag kind of thing. Um, and Edward and Emmett and Carly like take that out to their car with them. And I think the implication there is like that they could theoretically be hiding Bella in it. And so like that's supposed to tempt the tracker to follow mm. them thinking that they're trying to like smuggle her okay. out. Because if the tracker is just watching the house yeah. or listening and has super hearing or something, he's going to realize that Bella's not there. I thought about this too. Maybe you could say they parked in the garage and they're leaving through the garage and he follows the cars and he doesn't know how many people are in the cars but it's just kind of interesting that there's a couple things in midnight sun that like don't really get mentioned here like there's a there's several phone calls that happen between edward and alice especially in chapter 20 that they don't mention in chapter 20 so hmm. they just don't really line up 100 percent perfectly but yeah interesting. and i thought about that too and also i think the goal was to have james chase like the hunting party car which was edward emmett and carlisle but they left in emmett's jeep and esme who was wearing bella's clothes to like kind of have the scent was in a different car so i don't know why james chose to follow them which spoiler alert he does i mean it's not really spoiler we were gonna tell you about 10 minutes but (laughs) i i guess maybe because like he assumes that that bella would be with edward also i don't know yeah okay and maybe like with the the strongest which i I think are edward and emmett like to protect her right maybe he would have known that the distraction was the distraction i don't know it wasn't very clear but their plan worked oh and before they leave uh Edward and Bella do a fierce goodbye kiss in front of his family. And I was wondering, do you think there's a spot on the base scale for that? What was the last thing on the base scale? I feel like this what is a is new our, level. What is our base scale? Do I we don't have remember. this written somewhere? Let me check KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. <laughs> Subtle plug. Yeah, let me go to the TwiFight <laughs> page. So we don't have the base scale on here, probably because I wrote it down somewhere and then lost it. Mm, so yes. we could potentially, I'll try to compile one and get it back up again. Um, or maybe when I finish editing the previous chapter will have mentioned it in there <laughs> and that's where it'll be maybe it'll already be on the site i don't know 
I can't. It's Mary from the future here. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is a fierce goodbye kiss. And it's kind of awkward. And they say that Edward's eyes look like dead at the mm-hmm. end when he leaves. Just kind yeah. of weird. So, weird. yeah, I mean, I think it could fit on the base scale. I just don't remember where between all the other stuff we mm-hmm. have. So I'll have to hunt that down and see where we can slot it in. Yeah, because it's, it's like right in front of his family, too. Like, everybody's watching. But anyway, everyone leaves. And then she's just there with Jasper and Alice. She has a nice moment with the two of them. She's kind of panicking and she's like worried because she feels like all these people are in danger. All these vampires are in danger because of her. And then Jasper, who remember his ability is to sense emotions. He's like, you're wrong, by the way. And she's like, about what? And he's like, I know exactly how you're feeling and you are worth it. Which was like the first real sentence we've gotten out of Jasper. He's been kind of like off in the corner in most of the scenes we've seen him in. So I thought that was a little cheesy, but it was nice. It was nice. We had a nice moment with Alice as well. Yeah, I like this moment with her where she says, may I? And then uh, Bella says, you're the first one to ask before she picks her up. That's kind of funny because everyone else has just been picking her up and moving her around. Yeah, she's just been moved from location to location this entire chapter. She's so slow. Just can't keep up. Yep. And that's chapter 19. It is one of the shortest chapters we've read. It was very, very quick. It was quick. And then we get chapter 20, Impatience, which is making me impatient for something to happen because it's a (laughs) really slow chapter. Chapter. It was not a great chapter. It felt no, it was, unnecessary. It, it was really slow. So yeah. basically, she wakes up in a hotel room disoriented, and then she's like, I had no clue how I got here, except then I remembered everything, and I know exactly how I got here. <laughs> I took a car ride, and then I fell asleep, and I cried on Alice's shirt. And she was like, I kept remembering Edward's dead eyes when he said goodbye to me. Have you ever tried that? Like, I feel like sometimes I'll like, look in the mirror and try to like make my eyes go dead, and, and you know, because you always yeah. hear people like smizing and smiling with their eyes but then like you ever try like zombie face it oh yeah i worked in a haunted house for one halloween season and i was a zombie and i'm really good at making the dead eye zombie face scared a lot of people it's easy to do when you're not smiling but then sometimes you'll read that sentence sometimes you'll hear people saying like the smile didn't reach their eyes so Mm -hmm. you ever try to like smile but then like not have your eyes just your mouth Mm -hmm. it's like the opposite of smizing Let's do it right now on the Zoom. Okay, on the I'm trying. Uh, Google Hangouts. So, like, here's a normal smile. Okay, cute. And then now I'm going to try to smile without my eyes. You look the same. <laughs> I can't. I know. I'm tr- I haven't got there yet. Okay, let me try. Here's no smile. Here's a smile with my eyes. Here is a dead eye smile. It looks the same. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I was, like, okay. trying to make the light go out behind my eyes. Well, clearly, we don't have bloodlust for a killer vampire. Ooh. I could do the dead eye thing. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I also have played... Uh, zombie before oh yeah in a play in a play anyway so because a lot of people think zombie is like glaring but like that's not really zombie zombies are like dead eyes Mm -hmm. there you go but now do it with smile i don't know okay well Um, we failed yeah and a bigger question why is bella into the dead eye look I feel like it's a little creepy. I don't think she's into the dead eye look. Oh. I think she well, she was like tormented by that. Yeah, I think she was like like oh no that 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 scene keeps playing behind my closed lids and I don't want to see it. Oh, I don't want to see his she, dead okay. eyes. She doesn't. Yeah, like I don't it. think it's like let me close my eyes because I want to get that good good <laughs> dead eye vision. <laughs> let me just think about those dead eyes real quick. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So 
they go they go to Phoenix and they they stay in a hotel near the airport. Oh yeah. Why did they decide to go to the most predictable place again? Were they going for the reverse psychology thing? Yeah, I, I think it was the reverse psychology thing. Okay. Like he'll never nice. predict that I go where I actually say I'll go. But like he's got to fall for the blunder of <sighs> other people leaving the house in my clothes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Bella says that it was a three day drive that they make in one day, and so I did a little Google and research as I do on Google Maps, which. If you listen to any Kowski Cast podcast, you know that I am a big, big fan of looking up how long it takes people to get places on Google Maps. <laughs> and if you put in drive, it takes 24 hours to drive on Google Maps. Now, from Forks to Phoenix? Yeah, from Forks to Phoenix. So for more most normal humans, sure, that would be three-day trip if you're driving like eight hours a day. Now, you could easily do it in two days if you're swapping drivers and not taking very long breaks. I mean, it would take like 14 hours of driving each. Mm-hmm. Well, 14 hours each day, probably at least because you got to like stop and mm-hmm. get food and get gas and that kind of thing. Here, I'm assuming that they don't have to stop that often for gas for whatever reason. You know, now that I say that, I'm trying to think there was also something in Midnight Sun about them like taking gas cans and like refilling the car. But that might have been mm-hmm. that might have been dudes with the truck with them um, or the dudes with the Jeep. I can't okay. remember. Yeah, because they still would have had to get gas. So they they're off. They're driving. They make it somehow in like 12 hours, even though they well, they say they're going twice as fast. So I guess like 12 hours, that would make sense. So then they get to Phoenix. I noticed that they had like a lot of really good descriptions here of the landscape again, which is something we pointed out about Forks. Yeah. Stephanie Meyer does it again. She has a beautiful description when they get to Phoenix. I stared blankly at the wide, flat expanse laid out in front of me. Phoenix, the palm trees, the scrubby creosote, I hope I said that right, the haphazard lines of the intersecting freeways, the green swaths of golf courses and turquoise splotches of swimming pools all submerged in a thin smog and embraced by the short rocky ridges that weren't really big enough to be called mountains. She is so good at describing scenery. She should be a travel writer or something. I liked that part and then I also liked the part that came right after it where Bella is noticing kind of for the first time the important differences between Forks and Phoenix for vampires. She says, the shadows of the palm trees slanted across the freeway, defined, sharper than I remember, paler than they should be. Nothing could hide in these shadows. The bright open freeway seemed benign enough, but I felt no relief, no sense of homecoming. And so that really shows like Bella has gotten used to Forks. She feels more at home there and also is recognizing the the benefit to having darkness and shadows mm-hmm. for the Cullens, cloud cover. So they get to the hotel and I think Bella is asleep at this point and she says she vaguely remembers Alice and Jasper just kind of dragging her along while she's asleep to a hotel room. And that image is, is just very funny. Imagine like two people dragging a vaguely unconscious looking person through a hotel lobby and nobody had any questions about this. She probably looked drugged. Yeah, I'd be like, when you're really sleepy, I mean, it's one thing if it's like you're a kid and you get to a hotel late and your parents like take you inside. Right. But it's another thing when it's like three people who are all approximately the same age and two of them are just like dragging another person. Yeah. I mean, maybe they got a room and then they like zoomed down there and grabbed her and zoomed back up before anyone could notice. But true, they are fast. Yeah. Yeah. Little sketch. Kind of funny. Nobody had questions about that. Nobody reported that. But plot. So she wakes up in the middle of the night in the hotel room. Alice gives her some food because Edward reminded her that she has to eat, which is funny. Alice and Jasper are kind of sitting very still, a little too still, and Bella gets a little suspicious. She asks her what's wrong. Alice says nothing's wrong. And Bella's inner monologue, her eyes were wide and honest. 
and I didn't trust them. <laughs> I just thought that sentence was funny. Her eyes were very honest, and I didn't trust them. <laughs> yeah, too honest. But she realizes that they're on edge because they haven't heard from Carlisle yet. Yeah, so they haven't had any word, which again, I mentioned earlier, like kind of conflicts with Midnight Sun a little bit. They had been communicating a bit more throughout this time, at least with Edward on the cell phone. And uh, there's a funny part where Bella is again still being concerned and she lists concerns. She's like, what if Carlisle gets hurt or Edward or Emmett or what about Esme? Just like doesn't mention Rosalie. Like, <laughs> Rosalie was being such a turd to her last chapter, and Bella's I like, nah. That too. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, Rosalie was kind of... I feel like you had a note about Rosalie, like, what else does she have to do? Was that in the last one? Did we glaze over that? That was in the last chapter, because they're like, Rosalie, can you help us? And yeah. they're like... And she's like, mm, why? What's Bella to me? I'm like, right. what else do you have going on where you cannot, like, participate in this, like, family event? 100%. <laughs> like, like, girl, have you had anything exciting happen in the past 100 years? Just get on board with this. You have a human to protect. It's fun. Whatever. But she was not having it. I know that Rosalie's big thing is like just wanting safety for her family and for Emmett and stuff. But and so you could be annoyed that they're unsafe, but not helping just makes her them even more unsafe. Like yeah, you need to it help. makes it worse. They've all shown they're committed to keeping Bella safe. So your best interest yeah. is to be on board with this. But whatever. So Alice assures Bella that this fight is worth it and that Edward has been alone for a century and none of them want to want him to lose her. He has changed so much in the past few months for the better and they also assure her that none of them are in danger. Mm-hmm. Which I was kind of like, are they being completely honest about that? It seems like they're probably in some danger. Like, does James have no intention of hurting the other vampires unless they got in the way of Bella? I mean, I think the thing is that James is like a really good tracker, but there's He's, they still way outnumber him mm-hmm. in in a fight. I think they just think that he's not going to engage in a fight. So I think they're probably more worried about like him going and attacking innocent people or humans mm. or trying to somehow do something big that would require them to leave town or something. Like, I think those are probably more their concerns or that he hurts Bella uh, mm-hmm. much more than like them actually being hurt by okay. James himself. He's not going to go out of his way to hurt them. Right. Okay. So they just do a bunch of sitting in the hotel. It's like kind of boring to read about, honestly. She didn't bring a book, no games. They're just sit. She kind of feels like Jasper is doing his emotional influence thing. Cause she's like, I feel strangely calm. And then she has this moment where she's like, she goes to bed and she's like, I hoped that by myself in the dark, I could give in to the terrible fears I hovered on the edge of my consciousness, unable to break through under Jasper's careful supervision. Does she want to be panicking? I was confused by that. Maybe she just wants to feel what she's really feeling. And like not have maybe this but thing. you'd think that she'd like be okay with some of the tampering here i love that you wrote emotional influence like do you think jasper on his business card it just says like influencer <laughs> emotional influencer he would be such a good influencer that should be his like fake vampire job influencer he'd be like a cult leader or something oh good point yeah, yeah if too like, much attention yeah another life <laughs> I guess she sleeps for a little bit. She asks Alice about the plan. So Carlisle, Emmett, and Edward are leading James north because James decided to follow him and they plan to ambush him at some point. And then Rosalie and Esme are leading Victoria, James's like partner, but also like, are they together, James and Victoria? Or are they just, they are together? Yeah, I think they're, I think they're lovers. 
Gotcha. So they're leading Victoria West because she's helping James. And I was confused about this because Forks is on the West Coast. Like, La Push is the Pacific Ocean. So how much farther west can they go? But Alaska? Again, I don't know. <laughs> I, but I pictured they're going, they're leading her west from Forks. Are they just going into the ocean? I guess. They can swim. I don't know. I'm asking too many questions. Too maybe, logical. Maybe they're swimming. Nah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so Alice and Bella are still chatting. And Bella asks Alice, kind of out of the blue, how to become a vampire. And Alice is kind of taken aback because Edward doesn't want her to know about this, but Alice low-key believes she has a right to, like, know how it happens, which this whole conversation feels a little foreshadowy. It didn't really need to happen at this moment, but we're having this conversation. The way they do it, vampires are venomous. Yeah, so Bella's gonna ask Alice how to become a vampire, and if you remember at the end of chapter 18, Edward was like, yeah, you can go with Bella. He was talking to Alice, and he's like, but keep your opinions to yourself. And I think it's implied, like, this this is what he didn't want her to tell oh, Bella yeah. about because uh, reasons. So yeah, it definitely is like a very foreshadowy kind of chapter situation or conversation. And Bella is like, I'm begging you to tell me, Alice, but I don't feel like she's really been that invested in this piece of information before. So no, she's like, I, I feel like she said something at one point that kind of casually hinted towards it, but Edward didn't really say much. Alice, though, agrees with Bella, thinks Bella has a right to know. And she says, well, you know, vampires are venomous, but it doesn't, the venom doesn't kill you. It just incapacitates you. It spreads slowly throughout your body. It's really painful. But after a while, it'll go through and heal your body and then change it. And the process takes a few days, but then your heart stops beating and boom, you're a vampire. She doesn't remember her transformation. The first thing she remembers was opening her eyes in her new body as a vampire. But I do think this one piece is funny here where Bella says, like, tell me, Alice, we're friends. And we were friends now somehow, as she must have known we would be all along. And I think if you, like, once you read that, if you go back and reread this book, there's a lot of parts where Alice is sort of hinting at already knowing that they're going to become friends. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Alice probably had a premonition that they're going to be friends. I also feel like Alice is obviously the most friendly of the Cullens, but I feel like maybe she's genuinely just really interested in humans because she doesn't remember being a human. So it's probably really interesting to her to just be friends with a human and get to know a human pretty closely. There's such novelties. Yes. So then Alice is going to have a vision where she says something in the future has changed. She's going to have a vision of a long room with mirrors, wooden floors, a gold stripe across the mirrors. And she says James is going to be in the mirror room today or tomorrow. He's waiting for some kind of other decision to be made. Currently, he's in a dark room watching a VCR. And so somehow he has eluded the Cullens and gotten away from the mountains north of Washington. And right around this same time is when Carlisle calls and says, hey, James took off in a plane and we don't know what happened. We're going back to Forks to start over. Sweet. So the plan didn't work. Esme and Rosalie at this point have been trailing Victoria and she kind of went all around Forks seeing if she could pick up Bella's trail. She went to the school. She went to the house luckily while Charlie was at work. Just all around town but I don't think she was able to find anything. They've just kind of been following her. But they've lost James. So now Edward, Emmett, and Carlisle are going back to Forks to kind of reconvene and try to find him. While Carlisle calls, Bella also gets a chance to talk to Edward for the first time in 24 hours. It's been a long time. So they have a nice little fierce conversation. And then when they hang up, Bella's inner monologue is, as soon as the phone went dead, the cloud of depression began to creep over me again. And that's just another classic 
Bella's sentiment. Her biggest concern seems to be that she has had to be away from Edward for less than two days. She has a killing machine after her, but self-preservation doesn't seem to be in like at least her top five worries. I think she's probably worried about being away from Edward and then probably worried about the Cullens for being worried about herself at all. I mean, do people ever really worry about themselves that much? Like, when you're close to people, like, I, when I'm driving in a car, I don't worry about my own safety, thinking that I could get in a car crash. But if my younger brother is, like, coming to visit me and has to drive on the highway for an hour, I'm like, tell me when you get there, tell me when you're home. Like, you know, it's that classic thing. You don't think about it yourself. You're like, oh, I'm just driving, but other people are going to worry about you. So I kind of get her feeling, like, stress over other people more so than herself. That's fair. And I guess I feel that way as well. But You're such a pushover. I got you so easily. <laughs> no, I, I had more to say. I was going to say, like, she doesn't even seem to think about it. Like, she has not once mentioned, like, oh, I'm scared. There's a guy who wants to kill me, and he's chasing me across the country. Yeah, she doesn't really have any self-preservation instincts. No. Um, I don't know. It's just hard to hard to identify with. Maybe it's because it just seems like such an unreal thing. But then again, she hasn't had any self-preservation from the the beginning because exactly. she's been dating a vampire so yeah that's why i was like classic bella sentiment mm-hmm. is what it is yeah. she has more she's got like the low level fears are really big for her like fear yes. of dancing fear of embarrassment fear of tripping and falling fear snow. of being away from edward her right, boyfriend yeah, those of ones. one week uh-huh yep so um alice is going to be drawing the room from her vision and bella recognizes it as a ballet studio that she used to go to when she was eight and she's going to tell them like, oh, I don't know if it's the same one. All ballet studios probably look the same. But in her head, she's like, yeah, that door is in the exact same spot that I remember it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like she is somewhat convinced that it's like the the one from the dance studio in Phoenix. Right. When we realized the vision is a ballet studio, at first I thought it was a little out of character that she knows this place because it would imply she was on a dance team. But then we get a nice little potato line that she was a really bad dancer. And she always got put in the back of the dance recitals. So that was a little more in character. Yeah, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Bella then uses the Alice's cell phone to call her house and leave a message for her mom and gives the cell number to call. I feel like this is a bad idea. And like her mom should have some kind of number in Florida that they could reach her. Like literally the way that Bella is communicating with her mom is her mom choosing to call Charlie or Bella leaving a message on her home phone in Phoenix, hoping her mom is going to like check in. Like her mom, this is the harebrained woman that we've talked about from the beginning who like didn't know where her blouse was because she like left it at the dry cleaner or whatever. Right. She, I mean, I know it's only 2005, but like this person should have a cell phone in this circumstance. Like if you're moving somewhere and you're not going to set up like a home phone in Florida. Yeah, they've been living there for months. I mean, if if this is like, it, okay, let's say they're staying in like a long-term hotel. That should have a phone. If they're staying in an apartment or something, go, go buy a phone. I mean, does it not have a phone? Like, like you'd think there would be some kind of number they could reach. Right. Phil doesn't have a cell phone? Because they have to have like a temporary rental. And he's on a baseball team. He needs a way to communicate with the, the coach. I don't know yeah. how that works. But yeah. I know we're sounding Waddle. so like, oh, everybody calls everybody now. Like, I understand there was a time before cell phones. But, like, I just think that she should have had some way of contacting her mom if she needed to. Yeah. Plus, I could have sworn that, like, Charlie has mentioned in the past, like, oh, don't make me call your mom. Or, like, I'm going to call Renee. Or I'm going to tell. Like, are they just emailing? How is anyone communicating (laughs) in this family? Sending an aggressive email. (laughs) 
frustrating. Yeah. Anyway. But that's what she does. Also, so she leaves this message for her mom because she wants to protect her. She doesn't want the tracker to go to her mom's house and then hurt her mom. But when they made this plan to hide in Phoenix, did they not consider that, like, they were getting Charlie out of danger only to put Renee in danger? Well, but Charlie was in immediate danger. Renee's not coming back to Phoenix for another week. So they have, like, a week's worth of time to get out of Phoenix. But why didn't they hide in, like, New York? I I don't know. Yeah. But how would they, with the double cross and oh i i don't know okay yeah hmm. i think my nose is bleeding <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> wait no i think it's fine i thought i smelled I blood i don't see anything you say you thought you smelled blood yeah you must see, can't bl- smell blood <laughs> <laughs> That's what i was about to say blood does have a smell dudes humans can't smell blood <laughs> oh anyway and then that's it. And they just hang out for the rest of the chapter. Yeah. And sit there and wait. It was pretty uh, impatient. Yep. This chapter. And sadly, these two chapters, we got no F. Lawrence. No F. Lawrence. I really miss Lauren. I know. I miss Lauren. We had she like an F. Rosalie. Yeah, we did have an F. Rosalie. It's not really a thing, but you know. Yeah. Lauren was such a shining character, so disappointing that we haven't had an F. Lauren in forever. We have the um, fierce goodbye kiss on the vampire base scale, but I don't know where to put it because I don't remember what the vampire base scale is. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Jaw kiss? We have this here, number five. It's the only thing on our base scale list on this document we're looking at. It's number five jaw kiss. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like there was, there were other things. Where were they? There were other things. I wrote it down somewhere. I bet I threw away that sticky note by accident. It's okay. Know. We'll figure it out. Maybe. So, Rachel, what was the worst line of these chapters? Um, the worst line, I don't know why this one stuck out to me as being so bad, but it just didn't sit well with me. So, they're going up to Charlie's house, and she's all sad because of, like, what she's about to do, and that she has to say goodbye to Edward and say mean things about him. So, she's crying, and then she's like, no, I can do this. And in her in her monologue, she's like, my tears had given me an inspiration. I just didn't like it. Like, have you ever been sobbing and then been like, oh, yes, I'm ready to do the thing now. No, I haven't. And just like, I feel like it's a little grammatically a little weird. My tears had given me an inspiration. So I would have said had given me inspiration. Yeah. Or, or my tears inspired, inspired me, me. Or they gave me inspiration. Right. Given me an inspiration. Is that a thing? I picture like light bulb over her head, like brain blast. That's what I picture with that. Like an inspiration well, for... Given me an idea. Yeah. That, that's... Or like, I mean, maybe this is correct. I, this is not how I use the word. No. I, I, like, I'm the pro one, but I also noticed that sentence, and I was going to mention it, but then I saw you had made it the worst line, <laughs> so I was like, okay, good, it'll be nice. mentioned. Because it's an awkward sentence. I don't like that sentence. No, Just I don't like it either. Well. What was your best line? My best line was when Edward was like, oh, it's a good idea for this plan or whatever. And she was like, of course, it it was the best idea. Oh, sorry. I know it was. You got it. He says, Edward's like, hey, this plan was your idea. And she says, it was the best idea. Of course, it was mine. And I just (laughs) like that. There's like Bella standing up for herself, having Mm -hmm. a personality, being a little snarky to Edward in the midst of turmoil. So that was good. Appreciated that. A little bit of sass right after her tears gave her an inspiration. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no food in chapter 19. All on the run. Didn't have time to grab a snack at Charlie's house. But chapter 20, we have two food counts. Uh, she's going to pick at the food on a hotel tray. That's when Alice remembers to feed her. And later on when she's talking to Alice, she's going to have a plate of leftover fruit. Which nice. sounds kind of gross. Because yeah. if it's like, I mean, unless it's like an apple, but I assume it's like slices of Ugh. oranges and bananas and yeah. stuff. I don't know. That's what I picture as well. Like it's been sitting out a little bit too long. 
Yeah. The bananas are brown by now. Which puts our running food total at 13. Potato count. 13. We got anything? We didn't have any specific potatoes in chapter 19. She's kind of like, there weren't any quotes, but she is generally just physically moved by all the vampires from place to place throughout the whole chapter. Like, I don't think she does any walking. They just kind of pick her up and pass her around. So like, does that count as a potato? She's not able to walk throughout the entire chapter? Eh, what do you think? I mean, I think so. Like, I know that they're desperate for speed here, but I think it's funny that she's just like incapable of moving. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we'll count it. So that's one potato for chapter 19. Chapter 20, we got a nice potato when she had the, um, when she recognized the ballet studio as the place she used to go, which was, I was a terrible dancer. They always put me in the back for recitals. Sad, but a nice little potato there. So that brings our potato count to 36 with an honorary 37. Because of the potato I was mailed. What about chapter rankings? What are you feeling? Chapter rankings. That's difficult. Okay. Between these two chapters, I would say chapter 19 is more interesting than chapter 20. Chapter 20, they're just hanging out in the hotel room. Chapter 20, I have to say, is one of my least favorite chapters of this book. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was pretty boring. They're sitting in the hotel room. It's boring. There's, it's called, it's called patience or impatience. It's called impatience. And like I said before, I'm impatient for things to happen because it's boring. Mm -hmm. Uh, It always like makes me feel kind of uneasy easy reading this chapter for some reason. Like, I just don't like identifying with the feelings here of being trapped. I also get annoyed with Bella for not, like, entertaining herself in some way. Like, I understand being nervous where you can't really concentrate, but that's when you need to distract yourself. That's when you need to have a book or a game or do something. And maybe Alice and Jasper wouldn't be willing to, like, hang with her, but you'd think that they can multitask. Right. So, looking just towards the bottom of our list here, we have chapters 12 and 11, Complications and Balancing, as the worst. I don't remember what these Don't are. really remember what happens. <laughs> I think these were sort of just like Bella and Edward kind of date and go to mm-hmm. school and chit chat. And I gotta say, that sounds more interesting, though, to me than whatever happened in this chapter. Yeah. I think this is the worst one. <laughs> this one did have a little bit of, like, inf- information with, like, the Venom thing and a little bit, not really, a little bit of a plot twist with, like, I mean, it, the it tracker did. not following the plan. But, like, that was kind of predictable at the same time. <sighs> what was it's, complications? I'm, let me look. Let me look. Yeah. Let's see what happened. You need to refresh. I feel like they were also really short chapters. Complications. Let's see. These were the ones that could have been in email. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I mean, there was a lot of like them watching TV and uh, in biology class with like the sparks shooting between them. She's she goes to PE class. Uh, Rosalie has a nice car. She wants to go hunting with him, and he's like, no. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, these chapters suck. But nightmare was. Nightmare is the one we have in like third to last place. That was when she went to when she went shopping, right? And the creepy men in the street found her. Hey, wait! Balancing is the one where she has a, she makes a, sub, a sandwich. Oh, for Jacob. Well, we gotta keep that one higher then. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're right. Those are boring chapters too. Like at least this one was short and maybe like, maybe it's a page turner because you're like, what's going to happen next? I don't know. Jacob is in chapter 12? Yeah. Okay. I have a proposition. Okay. <laughs> 12 in this order for the bottom three. 12, 20, 11. Okay. Fair. So it's Jacob's our second. in chapter 12? Sure. It's our second <laughs> least favorite. Okay. And then we have to place chapter 19. Now, chapter 19 is a very short chapter. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of drama. Basically, all that happens is 
is she goes to Charlie's house and she like breaks his heart. I was going to say breaks up with him, but yeah, breaks his heart. (laughs) And then she leaves town. She's very stressed. She swaps clothes with Esme and then they they make a plan and they leave. It's really short. Yeah. But everything is interesting. It's pretty interesting. Everything is like high energy. It's not like one of those chapters that I go back to being like super fond of. Like here are some ones that I definitely think are better. Port Angeles, Blood Type, Scary Stories, The Game, The Cullens. It's not cracking our top five, Mm -hmm. I don't think. The Hunt. better than The Hunt, which was the hunt is the baseball chapter yeah Mm, okay that's a good point so the game like what exactly happened in the hunt because i think that was basically just they leave the baseball game Mm -hmm. and drive to their house oh yeah it's very similar so what which one did you like better between those two i know one of them we read three months ago i think i like 19 better but i don't really remember either what are your thoughts i I would agree with that i think 19 is better than 18 let's throw it in there what was it called yeah goodbyes goodbyes okay so chapter 19 is our sixth favorite chapter right now. It's very informative. It's fast paced. And I feel like if you're reading this for the first time, you're like, oh, interesting plot. What's happening? Agreed. Not as good on a subsequent read because you know what's happening. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. It's at least like kind of fast paced and things are happening. Yep. We do not have anything to add to our Captain America Civil War Twilight teams because there weren't any new characters or interesting developments. Nope. It's still seven on seven. Yeah. Alice is already on Team Pro. So I feel like that's kind of where she's staying. Is on Team Con. Yep, and those were really the only ones that had yeah. interesting moves here. Um, so for well, anybody, James is trying to kill Bella. Should he be on my team? I don't think I want to kill Bella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> let's maybe rethink that one. Yeah, no, I don't want James. So for for anyone who hasn't checked out our website in a while, but wants to hear about those teams on Team Pro, Team Mary, we've got and and these are people who generally seem to be pro Bella is kind of where we're breaking this down. Not necessarily pro Twilight, but pro Bella. And so we've got (laughs) Mike Newton. Carlisle Cullen, Lee Ste- Stevens or Stephens, who, who I don't remember why we put him on here. Who this guy is. I don't know, but we had a reason for putting him here. Um, Alice. Alice Cullen, Keith, <laughs> Keith Momini, <laughs> Rachel's boyfriend, boyfriend, Emmett Cullen, and Esme Cullen. Those yes. are all Team Mary. Now, on Team Con, we have... We have Lauren, naturally. Yeah, she's the ringleader of Team Con. Iron Man from the Marvel Universe, naturally. Uh-huh. Jacob Black, Rosalie Hale, Keith, wait, what? Keith as Jacob Black. I'm so confused. Uh, me too. But when it's did we there. create this? Okay, you know I don't remember. We have Keith dressed up in a Jacob Black costume. I guess. Our good friend Anna Smith, whoop, whoop, new edition last week. Uh-huh. And then Rachel, last week, I mean three and a half months ago, but it's last week to you guys. Rachel Black, because we share the same name. And apparently the rest of the Black family, that doesn't feel yeah. fair. We needed to keep the teams even with seven people each, but you just get the whole rest of the Black family because they don't like the, the Cullens. Okay, so we're so counting them as on one, except yeah. for Keith as Jacob Black, who is separate from the Black family. And also separate from Jacob Black, which is and number also, three. And also separate. <laughs> from Keith himself. (laughs) Yeah, two different things. Clearly, like, I don't know, it's not hard to understand. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So those are our teams. Those are our teams. So when are we going to make them fight? Like, how does yeah, this work? I don't know. I don't know how they go. Maybe we'll do a Brant Steel. We'll do a Brant Steel with the Team Pro and the Team Con teams. Uh-huh. We'll do a Heroes versus Villains Brant Steel. Brant Steel's Rachel, and anyone else who doesn't know about this, because <laughs> you're not in the Survivor community, Sorry. are fake Survivor simulations you can do, and they're a fun thing to do for goofy podcasts. Uh, so you know what? We're locking in. We're going to do that after this book. We're going to do Ooh. a Brant Steel of the Captain America Civil War Twilight teams 
Team Pro, Team Mary versus Team Con, Team Rachel. One will be the heroes, one will be the villains. Okay. Or something. I have no Whatever idea how teams. game works. We plug them into a fun. simulator and then we click a button and it tells us like who wins, who votes each other off, and then we'll just sort of narrate it like it's a game of Survivor. Is it a random simulator? Yeah, it's random. But it'll okay. be fun. Cool. It'll be good. It'll be good times. We'll do that and then uh, we'll reset the lists for book two so that we can have like new, it. new people. It's going to be great. That's fun. It's going to be great. I'm excited. So excited. All right, everyone. Who's going to be the first voted off? I don't know. First boot of fake fake survivor twilight I bet it's lee stevens because no one can remember who he is no i bet lee stevens is gonna win you just <laughs> wait all right everyone that's all for this week's episode feel free to send us comments and questions on our website or on twitter at kowski cast that's cow with a k you can follow me online at frail mary and you can follow rachel at stukin on twitter that's s-t-u-u-u three u's k-e-n and thanks as always to will from america for creating our theme song woo woo Thanks for the little stookin. That was yeah. a fun little enunciation. Uh-huh. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way for people to find our show in the future. And since we have not done a podcast for a while, we have a backlog of reviews. So I'm going to oh, read yay. one of those now. <laughs> and uh, okay. we'll be getting to them over the next couple podcasts. But I need to save some for future podcasts. But we'll start yeah, now. Yeah, hit me with one. With, uh, with this one. So this is from Smiles56, written back. I assume I haven't read this one yet. I don't know. Written back in, because it says September. Hmm. I don't we know if I read this one or not that point yeah i don't know if i read this one or not anyway uh it says middle school flashbacks i feel like i'm back in middle and high school when i'm listening to mary and rachel i am reliving going to midnight book and movie releases i'm still hashtag team jacob after all these years he's so much hotter right thank you mary and rachel for this embarrassing trip down memory lane it's not embarrassing we're hey we're the ones podcasting about it and rereading the book you don't even have to reread the book you can just listen to our commentary if you want we will embarrass ourselves for you yes thank you smiles so much for that yeah, review. That Maybe we've read it already. Maybe we haven't. But regardless, we'll get to the other ones real soon. And hey, y'all asked for this podcast to come back. So if you liked it and you like it in general and you want to continue supporting it, go go leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you leave reviews. Yeah, we'll read it. it. It'll be fun. Yep. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And we'll be back next week for our rereads of chapters 21 and 22. Closing in on the end of the book. For now, Ooh. we're the Kowski cast. Are there really only two chapters left? No, we're just closing in. You're getting closer. Oh, we're getting close. Okay. We've got, let's see, chapter 21, 22. Oh, 21 is super short. I think it's going to be our shortest so far. Okay. So we got chapter 21, 22. There's only four? And an epilogue. Okay. I think we're going to have to do the epilogue with the last two chapters. Okay. So there's only two podcasts left after this one. And then there's going to be, well, there's going to be a lot more because then we're going to have the movie, the movie, the movie commentary, and then the Brant Steele, and then a special bonus podcast on Twilight. So we've got like five-ish more, no, more than that. One, two. We've got like six more Twilight podcasts before we move on to New Moon, but we're getting Exciting. there. Exciting. Yeah. What's Rachel the special one? Dude, I don't even know what that is. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll, talk, I'll talk to you about it okay. offline. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Secrets. That's the name of a chapter, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the special podcast. See ya, everyone. I always want to say good night here. So good night, Twihards and fellow haters. I think you might have actually... Oh, wait. I need to stop recording. Yeah. Every morning when I wake up, I ask myself if I'm Team Edward or Team Jacob. But a part of me says that Twilight is gone. Trash!
And then I said, just let me go, Charlie. 